Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Four Quarter Talk podcast with myself, Jack Brazil, and my co-host, as always, Josh Mazurke. So, what's up? So, what's up? Let's get into this. Let's get straight into this one. Uh, we've got uni in, in an hour, so we got to zoom through this one. Uh, but we're going to start with a team that uh, we thought we'd talk about this season, but maybe not in this tone or this light. It's the Miami Heat, Josh. I think it's about time we we talk about the Miami Heat. To set the scene, uh, the Miami Heat obviously went to the NBA Finals last year, uh, kind of against all the odds. They weren't the favourites to get there at all. Um, and in the NBA Finals, they they gave the, the Lakers a, a good series. They pushed them to six games. It wasn't easy by any mean, means. And a lot of that was attributed to that Heat culture that Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, the head coach, have installed into that franchise. Uh, so coming into the season, we were expecting big things from this team. You know, uh, a team, they've got another year of experience under the belt. They've got that camaraderie from going to the finals together. Uh, everyone's put in a shift. Um, but it hasn't quite worked out that way. Obviously, Jimmy Butler missed the first 10 or 12 games of the season due to injury. Um, and as their, their uh, star player, they missed him big time and weren't able to turn uh, some good performances into wins, relying on... At, and he wasn't their only absence. They were relying on a lot of two-way players and, and rookies to fill in those minutes. Uh, Batman Abayo is taking a big step up this year, um, but without Jimmy Butler, it just wasn't resulting in wins. Since he's come back, they've looked a lot better. Uh, this is maybe one of the best versions of Jimmy Butler we've seen uh, so far this season, averaging down near a triple-double. And I think when it's all said and done, we'll look back on the season and think, how, was, how wasn't Jimmy Butler an all-star this year? But obviously, uh, he was deemed to not have played enough games during the all-star voting process. So that's why he won't be in the game, most likely. Uh, Josh, where do you think this team goes from here? Obviously, they've lost they've lost three of their last four games. Um, how, how can they improve on this poor start? Yeah, so um, we, we, we alluded to this a uh, couple episodes ago because we were talking about, you know, um, them and the Nuggets and how their play has been different from the playoffs. And one of the things we mentioned was that... Um, you know, not having to play on the road and things like that. And this season, they're six and ten on the road, which is absolutely terrible um, for their standard. Obviously, they've they've missed a few players, but uh, they just don't look like the same team um, right now. And a lot of that has to do with the depth that they had. You know, they let go of uh, Jay Crowder, who yep. was definitely a big piece for them. Um, and then the disappointments from a couple of players. Obviously, Bam has stepped. He stepped up uh, in Jimmy Butler's absence, and he's he's shown that he is a future star. Um, if not a star right now, uh, but Tyler Hero and Robinson have been pretty di- disappointing this season. Yeah. Um, they haven't really taken the leap that you'd expect. Uh, a lot of people thought that with Jimmy out, um, and even uh, Goran Dragic out at times as well, you'd think that uh, Hero would start to make that to, to make that step himself because uh, he seemed like a very confident young player. You know, playing as one of the youngest players, if not, I think he was the youngest starting player in the finals. Yeah. Last yeah. season, yeah, and uh, he's kind of regressed, and you know you can tell the Heat put a lot of stock into him because uh, what's looking not looking so great now, but uh, during that Harden fiasco and that trading process, um, they refused to trade uh, for Harden, citing that they didn't want to let go of Hero or Robinson, which is just looking absolutely terrible now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, obviously we we keep talking about how their culture will kind of carry them through. But um, it is a bit alarming to to see that uh, it, they're especially struggling on the road, um, seeming that right now there isn't really there there aren't fans in most stadiums, so uh, yeah. that shouldn't really be an issue. And uh, that is that is something that people was uh, 
pointing to to say that you know most of their success was because of no crowd pressure or because they weren't uh, because there were no home or away games and it was a neutral setting. So um, it is looking a bit scary now because uh, they are sitting outside of the playoffs right now at thirteen and uh, thirteen and seventeen. Yeah. So I'm not sure right now. I think uh, having Jimmy back and how he's playing right now, I think he's playing even better than he was last uh, yeah, regular really, season. He's really continued um, on yeah, how he was in, in, in the finals, especially, you know, he had that 40-point triple-double in the finals. Uh, so he's really, yeah. he's really continued that form. Every time I look at him, he has a triple-double. Yeah, yeah, his sure. his output has been amazing. So you kind of just need those other ancillary parts to step up themselves and help him. Cause yeah. Obviously I think you can't depend on one player too much. I think for me, it's very reminiscent of the Jimmy Butler I was seeing in his final years in Chicago, um, when he was like carrying lo- loads of the load on all all sides of the court on defense and on offense. Um, like clearly the star player of the team, and he's he's a guy that will never take a possession off. So he's he's going to be um, on go for forty eight minutes of the game or however long he's playing for that game. Um, yeah, and he's doing a little bit of everything right now to try and help the team get through this rough this rough patch. Um, but as you said, it's not just the young players who haven't um, haven't done as well. Even players like Goran Dragic, who was looked at as that second option on that Heat team that went he to the finals a, last he year. He was a leading scorer for most of the playoffs. Wasn't yeah, he, he really took a step back. Um, looks like age is kind of beating his ass a little bit. Uh, similar thing with Andrea Godala. He's looked pretty pretty awful for this Heat team when he was supposed to be that, that kind of glue guy. Uh, that we saw for the Warriors, and that hasn't that hasn't worked at all. Uh, there's been a few surprises in uh, Gabe Vincent and Precious Achua, who have looked decent for their first years in, in the NBA. But then that's not the standard the Heat are looking to play at. They're looking to you know uh, compete like they did last year. So uh, those those players that have that that experience with the team last year really have to uh, take responsibility for this poor start. Uh, look what they can improve on, and I think with players like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, it's probably like they're they're obviously both shooters, so it's probably just a um, a case of they need to keep shooting. Uh, eventually, those shots will fall. This happened. Also, there's that element shooter. of that. Uh, they're not they're not catching anyone by surprise. They're not. You know, Duncan Robinson isn't looked at as you know that D three player that came yep. in and surprised everyone anymore. And Tyler Hero isn't just that random rookie. Everyone is actually scheming for them now. But yep. um, looking at the Heat. You know, last year when I looked at them towards the end of the regular season, I thought, you know, this is a playoff. This is a playoff built team. You know, they didn't have the greatest season last year, obviously, as they were, you know, one of the lowest seeded teams to make the finals in quite a while. Obviously, uh, injuries have played a role, but I still don't think without the injuries that they'd be, you know, where everyone was expecting them to be. Because uh, coming into the season, the preview had them at um, fourth in the league overall. Yeah. No, fourth in the. Fourth in the East, fourth in the East. Um, so uh, they need, yeah, they definitely need to step up. But the, the problem is, is that um, even though injuries has played a role, I still don't know if, you know, last year was an aberration and if they are that finals level team. And that's what they're going to have to prove this year with, you know, the East is looking a bit deeper this year you yeah. know, with teams like the Nets becoming, you know, contenders now. Very so, close. And yeah. the 76ers. So it's going to be a much tougher road. Uh, to well, make it back to the finals. Well, just just to tell you how close the uh, the East is right now, between the 12th and the 30th, there's only five games that separate them. Um, so the Heat could easily make it into the playoffs, and I do still think they will. Um, and what I said earlier, I said they lost three out of their last four. That was actually incorrect. They've lost uh, three out of their last five. They've, they've obviously uh, just held off the Lakers um, yesterday. 
so that, that was a really good win and they had a good win over the Kings before. So there is signs maybe that they are turning that corner. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I do, I, yeah, I do still expect them to, to make the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about... We're holding them at a different standard now because yeah. they're not a surprise team anymore. And did you think, do you think fair, that was maybe of detriment to them almost? Yeah, they were the underdog. Uh, yeah, you know, sneaking up on teams, you know, outworking teams, and they were more ready. They were more mentally strong. But I guess mm. now that everyone has, it's a new season. Everyone's with that same mindset, and they're not in a bubble situation. Uh, it's kind of did they have they kind of played to their ceiling? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You would think I, you would think not though, because you know the the core pieces of those team are still quite young. Um, so you would expect them to get better and better. Yeah. Uh, not but, overall, but I mean, like for that season, have yeah. they kind of like overachieved, and they, were they kind of ahead of schedule at that point? Yeah, I, I think they probably definitely did overachieve. Um, I think you know they they benefited a lot from you know. N- the the home court advantage stuff, uh, everything being played on neutral ground in in Disneyland, they probably benefited a lot from that. Uh, so in maybe in a normal year, they that t- that same team with that same mentality may not have gotten that far. Um, but it was still a very impressive playoff run. Oh yeah, you can't take anything away yeah. from that. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I, I'm sure uh, the Miami Heat are scratching their heads as much as we are as to why they're not doing as well. Um, but I, th- mm-hmm. I feel like a few players just need to reflect on the season they're having and try and turn it around. Yeah, that Lakers game kind of summed it up. It was quite yeah. weird because normally I, I I can't remember a game, a finals uh, rematch in the regular season that was you know less anticipated than that game. Yeah, yeah, I can't I at all. I'm yeah, kind of it flew under the radar um, a lot. Yeah. Um, obviously this was a, this was an AD less Lakers, but uh, the Lakers have still looked pretty good without AD. So. Um, yeah. It's no mean feat beating them, and hopefully they can use yeah. that as a stepping stone. Uh, they, in their their next four, they've got a bit of a mixed schedule. They've they've got your Thunder, so that should be an easy win for them. Um, All right. They've got the Raptors, <laughs> who are who are another seesaw team, kind of up and down. Uh, started the season underwhelmingly, probably won't have an All Star, uh, so that should be an interesting game. Then they've got the Red Hot Utah Jazz, who who knows? Um, I the Jazz will obviously go into that game favorites, but that might that might uh, suit the Heat. Um, and then they've got the Hawks, who have also been disappointing. So we'll see. We'll see if they can pick up a few wins over that stretch. Um, I I can see three wins out of those four. Uh, yeah, they'll definitely want to go into the All Star break hot. You know, yeah, to give themselves a bit. And but, you know, if but, if they win three of those next four, the narrative about this team kind of completely changes uh, a little mm-hmm. bit. So we'll, we'll see. We'll keep an eye out on the Heat. Uh, see how they get on, and we might revisit this topic. We'll see. Uh, but let's move on to our next topic, and we need to talk about Damian Lillard. Um, and Josh, I've got a question for you. What does Damian Lillard need to do to win the MVP award? Because Damian Lillard has been playing at this type of MVP level for th- four or five seasons now. It seems like he's always on the fringes of the conversation. This year, he's maybe breaking into the top three uh, with the Trailblazers sitting at an 18 and 11 record in a, a very competitive West as well. You know, you've got a lot of teams in the West that are over 500. Um, and the Trailblazers, like a lot of teams, have had a lot of injuries, uh, specifically to CJ and Nurkic, who are the number two or three options on that team. And they still haven't fallen off behind Damian Lillard's fantastic play. Um, but what does he need to do to, to actually win th- that award? He's He's been close, but hasn't quite been able to clinch it as of yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's averaging 30, you know, four, uh, four and seven, uh, four and eight. 
uh pretty good splits you know 45 38 93 so that that's 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 his type of output um yeah. the mvp award is you know it's not that consistent there's no criteria um there's a mix of you know sometimes it's best player on the best team but most of the time it is you know it will go to a top 3 team uh the recent aberration was uh with russell westbrook obviously he put up historical stats and you know they had that team at you know, not making the playoffs and they, they managed to get that sixth seed. Uh, the thing with Dame that's, you know, let him down is they've been hit with the injury bug for several seasons now. Um, and it shows when they when they get to that playoff point and they get their players back that, you know, they are, they're not the team that the um, regular season record suggests. Uh, you know, obviously he should be, he should be getting points for carrying a team that has been missing, you know, their top three, like two of their top three players. But it's just that issue of, uh, he needs to have absolutely spectacular stats. Obviously, averaging 30 is great. But when you have players like, you know, Joel Embiid um, averaging 30 and, you know, taking on, you know, double-doubles or even Jokic from the near triple-double. Well. Yeah, yeah, in the same conference. So in, in different conferences. But it just makes it difficult because you kind of need to... The lower down you are the table, the more you need to stand out. And then obviously there's the narratives as well. And it doesn't help that he plays in Portland. Uh, they can't. They don't really boost because there's not many games where I see um, a team that isn't a big market, you know, showing up on your feed and things like that. So that helps to it. That that contributes to the narrative. The media plays a big role. So yeah, that it's a bit difficult, but he's definitely deserving. Yeah, he is definitely deserving. And obviously, the news came out this week uh, that he wouldn't. He's not going to start the All Star game. Um, Luka Doncic will actually take that place. But the, and the voting was incredibly close. It was uh, decided. Uh, on on a few va- fan votes, I think. Um, so you know, is Damian Lillard a, a disrespected superstar in a sense? You know, he's he's putting up these numbers for five six years now, consistently great. Um, always hitting the clutch shots, always taking over in fourth quarters. Uh, has big moments in the playoffs, uh, but is still getting snubbed from starting the All Star game. Obviously, I had that in my in my list as well. But I just want to yeah, you <laughs> you had um, the MVP candidate. Not starting, but you had uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, never, but never. I mean, if you want to watch that, you can go back to our. our but then our that goes episode. back to the stats, doesn't it? That goes back to those stats, and yeah. that's, that's probably but, why you. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is is Damian Lillard the ultimately disrespected superstar? Yeah, I think Dame and those and the Trailblazers are often you know disappointed every year. It, it seems every year uh, they're viewed as on the outside looking in for the playoffs, and yeah, he finds a way to get them to that four, five, sometimes yeah. even three seed. Uh, they were predicted to be the ninth seed this year, um, and right now, right now he has them. You know, uh, fourth, I think. Wait, let me check. Yeah, he has them fifth. Uh, so he he seems to always be able to contribute, and that that is with you know those injuries that are consistently there every year. So um, there definitely is that big market bias there. I, I believe that you know if he played for the Lakers, obviously he'd be he'd be up there. But any pretty much any you know, if he played for Dallas, he'd, he'd probably be looked more as that. And then, obviously, uh, yeah, the media try kind of pushed that narrative going in because we all expected, you know, a huge year from Luca based on the fact that, you know, just kind of the hype started to build. And then sometimes they just, they pick which players they want to focus on for that year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the others kind of have to do something crazy to get in there. Yeah. Well, l- looking back, if, if, we talk, if we're going to compare Luca and Dame, uh, Damian Lillard's, Look, their stats are probably uh, very, very similar. 
Uh, although Luca maybe does a bit more rebounding, but um, Luke uh, Luca hasn't really found a way to turn those those performances into consistent wins. Whereas Damian Lillard has done that for for years now, um, and it makes you wonder like why he didn't get the nod over uh, Luca to start start the game. Um, maybe maybe winning is is coming out of fashion now, and people people just focus really on the on those top three teams and below that it's it, it's kind of a grey area. Uh, but Damian Lillard should should be getting a heck of a lot more credit for what he's he's done with this Trailblazers team. As I said, very depleted. You know, CJ was on fire this year, and they re- it really doesn't look like they've missed him at all because Damian Lillard has you know stepped that production up in that area. Um, and then Nurkic, who uh, we touted as uh, someone who can make a can be a real difference maker on this team uh, if he wants to be. They haven't missed him either and his canter has stepped up brilliantly in this place. They've obviously got Robert Covington, who's always solid. Carmelo, who will probably be a bucket until he's about 60 years old. Uh, but a lot of, but everything good around this team centres around Damian Lillard. Um, so I think he should be getting a heck of a lot more credit. Uh, but nevertheless, let's move on to our next topic and uh, it's slander o'clock again. We haven't, yeah, we haven't, we we're haven't back with this. another Josh Land, Josh Mazzucchi slander yeah. segment right we, here. We haven't had this this uh, segment for a while, but I think it's a it recurring guest as well. I've I've given you I've given Josh the green light to um, take the mic, uh, and this segment is based solely around Mike Budenholzer. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are coming off a five-game losing streak. They've won their last two, but before that, they had lost five straight which is something you don't associate with this Bucks team at all. Um, they're usually dominant in the regular season, but I've struggled this year. Josh, the floor is yours. Say, speak your mind, bro. Man, I'm, I'm getting bored, man. I'm getting <laughs> bored. We keep having the same guests on this segment. Man. Uh, you know, <laughs> Coach Bud, you, you tell me, what, what do I, what's my critique with Coach Bud every season? Doesn't adapt. Doesn't adapt, doesn't adjust, and he's just, he's getting exposed again. I mean, and this time in the regular season, not not even yeah, the playoffs. These teams, see, these teams seem to like you know they don't want to play that playoff defense because they want to catch them by surprise or whatever. But now this year they just don't care. They're just going for it, and uh, watching watching Bucks games. Um, well, firstly, it's, it's difficult to watch Bucks games because like yeah. it's just, it just pisses me off, but. Um, it's not even the. It's getting to the point where it's not even the other team's scheme. It's literally, Bud, uh, playing into their hands on purpose. Um, so. Right now, they're just completely relying on. Uh, on Giannis to do everything to play make. You know, they're treating him like he's a guard when he's a big. You know. Uh, That's never happened before, has it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> them relying on Giannis. Think that, you know what. I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt and hope that um, with the acquisition of Drew Holiday, which was a perfect acquisition for them, and with uh, Chris Middleton stepping up, that they really have the chance to break out this year. Um, but he's just refusing to use those pieces. You know, this team is almost perfectly built for, for what they could do. You know, you know, they're not a free agency destination. You know, this is as perfectly built as of a, a, a team as Giannis has had around him. You know, he's got the shooting, he's got the playmaking. They could have they could have a system that allows them to use Drew Holiday as that primary playmaker and use, you know, Chris Middleton stepped up his game and you know he's turned to uh he's he's quickly becoming more of a playmaker himself. And he's you know, every time you look, 
he, he's near the top of the league in uh, ISO scoring. So they have the pieces there, but he just refuses. Every time I look at a possession, you know, there was this back-to-back possession where Giannis was at the top of the key with the ball, ISO. I, I don't know why that's being called. He dribbles in, you know, doesn't score, goes other possession, comes back, same thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. it I don't want to keep... I feel like there's like an hour worth of footage of me saying the same thing, you know, over, over the course of these you episodes. Should, you like, need to send send that file to Mike Budenholzer. He might change his ways. I don't understand. I doesn't know. Like you know, <laughs> they've they've managed to they've managed to win a couple now. Obviously, they've had yeah. Drew Holiday out, which has just made it worse. But I mean, that's not an excuse because they've got Chris Middleton, who normally provides that playmaking himself. Yeah. You know, they're sitting at third, um, despite that, but. You know, it's just not sustainable. Uh, they've won two in a row now, but in Giannis's last games, which includes those five straight losses, you know, in his last seven games, you know, he he's averaging 38. No, no, he so he's had a 38, 18 and four game, a 29, 3, 12 and 8, 34, 10 and 8, 24, 17 and 10, 29, 15 and 6, 47, 11 and 5. And it's not producing wins because, you know, as we saw with the Heat, they're like, okay, Giannis, you do your thing. Because we know uh, Coach Budenhoser is going to have a predictable offense. He's not going to let anyone else get involved. And they're just going to move it. But a new thing that I want to point out is their defensive side of the ball, which in previous seasons, you know, including that last season that they had, um, it's produced good results in the regular season. You know, mm-hmm. his, his uh, philosophy is to uh, protect the paint at all costs and give up open threes, um, which for some reason in other seasons, you know, teams weren't shooting that great against them. But now teams are shooting around 42% in the, with those open threes. And, you know, they're just they're absolutely collapsing the paint. You know, they've yeah. got tremendous defensive players on that team. You know, they've got Brooke Lopez, who's a tremendous rim protector. They've got Giannis there. And they'll just randomly help off of Giannis. You know, they'll have five players in the paint for no reason when... Giannis can clearly handle that assignment by himself and it's giving up these open threes. And now uh, they're fifth in allowing three. No, they're fifth in percentage against them shooting threes and they're first in allowing open threes. Yeah. And now they're just getting buried for that. Yeah, teams are, teams are really knocking knocking down the three this year, I think, across the league. Um, oh, yeah. I might be in you know, this is, this is the time where you think, okay, we've lost five straight. Um, we're getting torched from the three. Uh, Giannis can't do it all by himself. You have to make an adjustment. Um, but his reputation precedes him, and I don't think anyone thinks he will do that. And I think his job is on the line here. Um, but at this point, man, uh, he he must have like he must have the GM's nudes or something. <laughs> do you know what I, I think? Right? I think Mike Budenholzer has Giannis on fantasy, so he's making him do everything. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what well, I think. It, it, it's just it is just getting ridiculous. It's, well, it is it's getting boring now talking about it, but it's something you have to talk about because this Bucks team does have such a high ceiling. You got a, a guy who's you know a top five player in the league, has won the last two MVPs, became one of the only players to win a defense player of the year and an MVP in the same season. Uh you yeah. you've you seem on paper like you've built a perfect team around him. Why is that not translated into into better success for your team? And you know, you gotta look at the coach. Um and I if think I'm a Bucks fan. I'm happy. Days in numbers, I think. I think about those those losses, and I want us to continue to loot. Because the problem the problem that happens is, 
most of these wins that come through, they're not they're not a result of him adapting or adjusting. They're a result of just, as we mentioned, Giannis just going off and then they just don't address the issue. And then, you know, we have these, you know, on pace for 70 win seasons and they think, oh, everything's perfect. And then they just get slapped in the face the same time every postseason. So it's almost like you can write be... every year how the Bucks season will go. I mean, you know, I, I might look like a genius predicting the heat, but I don't think it was that crazy. You know, it was yeah. it was a pretty... It was pretty easy to to see that. Um, I think they were the least surprising upset I've ever seen. You know, like yeah, that type of team always beats them. You know, not every team has you know the. I mean, that's why they're normally so dominant in the regular season. Not every team has the personnel to execute that game plan, but that game plan always works. You know, uh, build up a wall and watch uh, Budenholzer tell Giannis to run through it instead of using players. You know, they've got one of the best isolation players in the league in uh in um Chris Middleton and one of the best playmakers in the league in Drew Holiday. What an upgrade from Drew Holiday to from Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday Drew, and they're just yeah. not using it. They're playing the same way. So do you yeah, think do you think there's any personal changes they need? Or do, you, do you think it's solely on a no coach? Yeah. Strictly schematic changes. And you know I'm we go back to you know I think we talked about Giannis after he signed his extension. You know, it's looking like a mistake right now because yeah you know, I think he should have resigned, but I think they should. He should sign a shorter deal to put the pressure on them to make these changes because they're getting too comfortable. And Boonhoser is definitely too comfortable. Yeah, for sure. He he definitely he definitely is, and he's been this way his, his whole coaching career. Um, he he seems like a very stubborn guy. He he, he finds a system that he likes and he sticks to it no matter what. Um, but I think I think what you said about Giannis signing that contract is very true as well. The, the uh, the front office needs to realize that okay you've got Giannis for all these years but um you know you need to you need to start would you not want to start turning that into actual meaningful success is is just having a superstar on your roster is that enough for you, for you as a as a front office you know yeah. um also, and right. it, it shows it shows their their ambition if that is enough then that's that's uh, unacceptable uh, I think and a five year con- no contract is that secure anymore. You know, look yeah. at everyone that signed the Supermax. They didn't finish their, t- they did not finish, you know, uh, the contract on that same team. You know, there aren't, there, there aren't, t- these players have too much power now to where they are forcing these trades. And believe me, like these years go quickly. So you want to keep Giannis for the whole prime. And then, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just not great. And also, before I was reluctant, I was like, okay, let's give Bud a chance because. You know, simply because you know when you when you fire a coach mid-season, who's your alternative? But the thing is, like, his issue is adjustments. You know, um, you, it doesn't take a great coach to win a championship all the time. You know, you have players, like, coaches like Ty Lue, or you know, they're not they're not like crazy. They don't have some insane scheme, but they make those adjustments. Ty Lue made those adjustments when they were down three-one. You just need a, a coach that will actually identify what his issues are, identify what his players are. And tailor your scheme to those to your personnel, but he just seems to run the same game plan regardless of his team. Well, that concludes uh, NBA Slander Hour. I think that was pretty tame from you. I was I was expecting yeah, a bit more, but um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move away from the negatives and let's talk about uh, a positive in the East, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. I know this is beginning to sound like a Brooklyn Nets podcast. We talk yeah. about them pretty much every week. Uh, but they've really, they're really putting it together now. Uh, seven and three in their last ten. 
an impressive, impressive win against the Lakers. Uh, 20, 21 point win against the Lakers. Just beat the the uh, Clippers last night by four. Um, and this is all without KD. Um, James Harden is looking amazing right now. Kyrie Irving is looking amazing right now. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, so I don't even need to say what he's looking like. Uh, they've got three superstars who are shooting 50% from the field and 40% from three, so they're doing it amazingly efficiently as well. Uh, James Harden is le- leading the league in assists. Um, Josh, is is this what you foresaw would happen with the Nets when Absolutely. when they put all three of these players together? Yeah, uh, just just one more stat that is absolutely insane. Uh, they currently have six players uh, that are shooting over forty percent from three. With Joe Harris at fifty, Tyler Johnson at fifty, Jeff Green at forty-four, KD at forty-three, Kyrie at forty-two, and James Harden at forty-one. And they have uh, Landry Shamet, who is you know just under forty himself, and uh, uh, Timothy Luaro Cabrera as well. So. They could get eight players shooting at forty percent. Wow, you know their offense just has so much potential. You know, it, it is like our def- defense is the only thing we ever say about them. You know, their offense has the potential to be one of the best of all time, um, and it, it has shown to be in uh, so far. So, you know, that's what makes them so scary. And you know, all of those concerns about fit have just gone out the window. You know, they they're just elite. You know, they have the skills that can fit together. Uh, is literally just about mindset. And they've shown that they have that mindset where, you know, they're all at stages where they're about winning. Yeah, it, it feels like to me that there's kind of no egos on this team, although they're three MVP uh, quality players. Uh, each of them are, are knowing what role they have to take to to best uh, benefit the team and turn turn these these into wins. And, you know, I think that was, that was shown when Kyrie said to James Harden, uh, you're the point guard, I'm the shooting guard, you know. Although traditionally Kyrie Irving is a point guard, they know their roles. Uh, Kyrie is the guy that's going to get you 30. And James Harden might also get you 30, but he'll get you 15 assists as well. Um, he's, he's really stepped up as the, the playmaker for this, for that team. Uh, and in the last two, although uh, for most of the season, their defense has been horrible. They really put the clamps on the Lakers and the Clippers. They had held the Lakers to under 100, held the Clippers to 108. Um, so... Uh, I think if they if they add that to their game, w- w- the ceiling for this next team is a, is I think a championship uh, with yeah. with defense added to this offense. Yeah, they don't need to have a tremendous defense, top five defense. With with the uh, with the capabilities of this offense, they just need to have an average defense. They can't be the worst defense of all time, but if they have an average defense, which they're definitely capable of doing, I've seen, you know, I've seen. Uh, Harden make a push towards actually starting to use his, you know, athletic gifts to play well defensively because he's always been um, a good post defender and he's starting to show his perimeter defense as well. Uh, KD is KD, you know, uh, and even Kyrie, uh, he's shown in big moments, you know, in the finals that he can he can really put that effort there. So uh, they can just get some more personnel in these trades. I'm not liking these big name, you know. S- these big name trade uh, or acquisitions, they don't need uh, Andre Drummond. They need a, They just need to address these defensive issues. They don't need, you know, uh, JJ Redick or anything like that. Their offense is secure. Yeah. Uh, they just need they got enough three point shooting as well. Yeah. They just need the rim protection and they need, you know, the, a, a, some wings that will do that. And obviously, uh, last night, I think uh, there was a pretty controversial 
a whole podcast episode slandering uh, Patrick Beverly after he intentionally injured uh, Russell Westbrook. But he looked like he did a, another one there uh, with uh, Jeff Green last night, who's yeah. a part of their offense and defense. So uh, we, we hope uh, Jeff Green can return soon. Yeah, he's but, a big um, part of that team. 100%. And he, he always seems to find himself on a contender, Jeff Green, and you can see why. Uh, he yeah. really he really fits well into any system, I feel like. Um, but what would you make of these yeah, rumours? Well. What do you make of these rumours uh, surrounding DeMarcus Cousins? Obviously, he got bought out by the uh, Rockets, so he's now a free agent. Uh, would you like to see DeMarcus Cousins in a Brooklyn Net uniform? Uh, normally, I would say, you know, if it was a trade, I would say, you know, they don't need that. But uh, if it's you know it's it's a buy it's it's a free agency situation so you know there's there's no pain in, there's no there's no issue with uh, cousins has shown this year that he's not completely done and that he can contribute uh, obviously it was a strange situation with the with the rockets that he was kind of thrusted into yeah. but I think he can definitely contribute so yeah why not you know add add, add him to that uh, anything that anything that puts DeAndre Jordan back on the bench is good in my books and I also it, it might um. It might be a scenario where uh, Boogie also pushes the, um, John Jay Jordan to be even better. He might see his, his starting spot under under fire and maybe uh, step his own game up. So I, th- I feel like that's a, that's a move that makes a lot of sense. You're, having a, you're adding another uh, bit of length to the team and you, you also, you know, you've got, you got two centres with a lot of experience uh, that can grab rebounds, protect the paint a bit. Uh, which is what, what the Nets have really needed. So I feel like this is a no-brainer for me. And yeah, as you Cousins said, Cousins is a selfless player. Um, yeah, Cousins is definitely not done in this league. He, yeah, he's a selfless player, as he sh- he showed uh, during his time with the Warriors. Um, so he, yeah, he's yeah. definitely definitely be. He wouldn't hurt. He definitely wouldn't hurt. And he can also shoot the three as well. So that would, I, I yeah, I think that he ticks all the boxes for them. That that's a no-brainer. But apparently, the Lakers are also looking at a reunion as well. So I guess he's got the pick of the bunch. Um, yeah, there's not much else we need to say about the Nets. They look really scary at the moment for the league. Um, and I do, I do see them now. You know, I feel like they could be anyone in the in the seven game series now with that with that offense and and this improving defense. Um, and you know, those those two w- wins over the LA teams, those are massive statements, massive statements, especially on the defense. I think even more importantly, the defensive end um, that they can hold two elite teams, two elite offensive teams as well to. To uh, low scoring figures, well, yeah, they went into Los Angeles and swept. Yeah, they swept the LA trip, so that that, that is huge. That's Dominated huge for, the Staples Center. Yeah, um, that and that's big for their confidence as well without KD. So, um, now nah, yeah, it's, it's great to see. All right, just I just wanted to mention one last topic, just quickly before we uh, get off and go to our lecture in half an hour, We're cutting it close. But um, I just wanted to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers quickly. Cleveland Cavaliers started the season surprising everyone. Uh, we're right in that playoff race. It seemed like then they lost ten in a row. They are currently sitting at ten and twenty-one uh, after a ten-game losing streak. By far the coldest team in the league right now. Even the Wizards have, have leapfrogged them. I, I don't blame them for you know losing to the Thunder last night. She <laughs> uh, went up. Oh whoa! Wait, one, two, three, four, five. We had six, nearly seven players in double figures. That's, that's yeah. Nice. Well, I but mean, yeah. yeah, the, yeah, yeah the, the Cavaliers, obviously, um, you know, they started the season with a, kind of a different roster to what they have now. Uh, Larry Nash Jr. was really good for them. Uh, oh, 14th in the East. Oh, man. What did you say? 
I've, I've literally just looked at them on the table, 14th. Yeah, they lost they lost 10 straight. And it's, it's kind of gone unnoticed. Because uh, I think this is kind of, 10 and 21 is kind of what we expected from the Cavaliers. Obviously, they started hot, but now they've cooled right down. Even the Wizards have leapfrogged them, uh, who are on a four-game winning streak, by the way, which uh, who would have thought that? But um, yeah, the Cavaliers look really bad right now. Obviously, they lost Larry Nats Jr. to an injury. Andre Drummond is sitting because they're looking to part ways with him. Jarrett uh, Allen has come in and been good. Colin Sexton has still been steady. Um, but I saw a stat ever since uh, Colin Sexton said the Cavaliers are back. They've lost 10, they've lost 10 straight. So uh, maybe maybe don't tempt fate there, Colin, Colin. Maybe keep your mouth shut for a bit longer than the first 20 yeah. games of the season. He, he's not, his, his statements don't worry his uh, comes to ground. I remember yeah. when he got drafted and he said, oh, LeBron, stay, let's run it back. Yeah, they're, they're getting punished for that that awful nick that awful nickname in Sexland, I think. I don't think that should catch on. I don't like that at all. Players, they don't have a best uh, history of quotes. You know, you had Trish, Tristan Thompson after LeBron left saying, uh, you have to go through us still. The yeah. East still goes through us. But anyway, uh, now nah, I don't think there's, I don't think you need to overreact. Um, I think you can to just ten, take that. To 10 straight? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about the long game here, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know they're they're clearly moving towards you know the future. Yeah. Uh, they don't they they don't gain anything from you know uh, making the playoffs anyway. Obviously they want to still keep going, and uh, it's great to see that the young players you know they have it. You don't want to have a losing culture and lose on purpose, obviously. But this comes with the territory of having a young team. Um, they were ahead of schedule in how they were performing, but it's it's still good. It's a good trend to see. It's good to see. You know, for confidence and things like that, uh, they'll get through this. Um, yeah. You know, they're 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 where we expected them to be, uh, and obviously the Wizards are now on a four-game winning streak. So you're seeing some of those teams that were expected to be in that playoff race start to actually come back now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the table overall is starting to look more. The uh, Bulls as well knocking on the, on the door, yeah, the, of the playoffs. Expect to see them there and Zach Levine. Uh, should have been an all-star starter, but you know, no, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> yeah, but the the Cavs, um, yeah, I think this is more of a self-induced tank than anything. I think they saw Larry Nance go down, uh, and that was kind of the the uh, the first domino that fell, and told told the front office that okay, maybe we should then start to move on from Andre Drummond. We've got enough big men on this roster. Move on from Andre Drummond. Maybe try to get some value out of him. Uh, if not, they might even buy him out. Uh, Jarrett Allen, as I said, he's been good in those minutes. He fits the timeline of of those two guards, um, and why not get a get a high draft pick as well? So you know, I think this is definitely a self induced tank. Yeah. The quicker uh, that they can move towards, you know, just completely committing to the young players, the more they can really start the process. Because you saw with us with OKC that, um, you know, now we've really committed to it. Obviously, it's great, you know, to have a season like we had last year, where it's fun for the fans to see, you know that underdog team rises up. But at the end of the day, you really want to get towards the future. Um, and you're kind of just delaying the process if you still commit to players like Andre Drummond. And, you know, so you might as well just make that shift and com- completely commit to one side, to one path. Yeah. And, and then give give those those young guys who you see as part of that long-term future extra reps uh, so they can adapt to this league quicker. Like Isaac Okoro, who has been playing tons of minutes uh, for the Cavs. Um, and that will only that will only help him in in the long run. So it's clear to see their philosophy now. Um, Now's the time to identify who is going to be part of that future. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think you know 
uh, we'll look back at that Jared Allen trade as a really smart one for the Cavs. Um, you know, it's another it's another third piece they have around that that promising backcourt. So yeah, Rockets Rockets are not looking great right now. Yeah, Rockets uh, Rockets. That trade. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking really. And now that they've lost the mark, like they bought out Demarcus Cousins, it, it kind of looks even worse. It, um, I don't I don't know what they like. It doesn't look like they have a have a strategy at all. But I think we should save probably save the Rockets for another yeah, episode. Yeah, we'll another um, yeah. But yeah, thank you everyone as always for listening to our podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, probably towards the end of the week. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we're out. Peace.